One more item, the Innovators Global Summit is a two-day event coming up in San Francisco that will shed light on the work of physician innovators all over the world who are doing their part to affect change in healthcare. While physicians are considered the scientific leaders in healthcare, they aren't always recognized for their efforts pushing for change and improvement in healthcare. And yet many physician innovators are doing some amazing things related to healthcare in different areas all around the world. The inaugural Innovation MD Global Summit 2020 will be held January 11th and January 12th at UCSF Mission Bay in San Francisco, very close to the waterfront. It will showcase the work of physician innovators and hopefully inspire others to learn and ignite innovation in healthcare. To register for the Innovator Global Summit 2020, go to IGS2020.com, IGS2020.com, IGS. 2020.com, IGS2020.com. Ed Robertson, hoping you're enjoying this encore presentation of TV Confidential. We'll be back with a brand new edition of the program next week. Hi, this is Michael Bell. You're listening to TV Confidential. Hello? Ed Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television that will come home to Emily as we talk about the Bob Newhart Show, the long-running comedy series that was not only part of that great Saturday Night Comedy Block on CBS throughout the 1970s, but is still one of the funniest sitcoms ever made for network television. Joining us now is actor Bill Daly. Bill, of course, played Howard Borden for all six seasons of the Bob Newhart Show, which are now available as an excellent box set uh, through our friends at Shout Factory, and Bill is kind enough to spend a few minutes uh, with us today to talk about the Bob Newhart Show. Bill, you did our show about a year ago, and it's good to have you back on again. Where are you now? Where are you, where are you recording this from? Uh, Los Angeles. Oh, cool. I'm in New Mexico, which is right next to Cleveland. <laughs> well, in this day and age, you know, with uh, Skype and video conferences and Google chat rooms and stuff like that, I mean, we're all, I mean, everything's next to Cleveland. And that went over like a lox. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 this is why I'm the talk show host and you're the comedian. I am the comedian. You are the comedian. I'm the funniest guy alive. I was born funny. You are. In my mother's womb. That was a good womb to work, actually. <laughs> she was wife. No, I, you're born funny. You can't, you can't go to funny school. You know? No, no, no. no. I mean, you, you got that right. He's a very serious guy. He's the nicest man I ever worked with, but the hardest guy I ever worked with because I'm not that bright, and he didn't like to rehearse. Yeah. And uh, that's tough. And he wants you to do the whole show. Like today's shows, I did Carolina in the City, and they do one word at a time. And Bob's doing the very big bang theory. I talked to him a couple of days ago. They don't do one line. They do one line, stop and cut it up. Nobody do it. With him, you had to do the whole show. Yeah. Then it's yeah. mistakes you pick up later. Yeah. It's a whole different world out there now. Absolutely. Because, you know, I mean, of course, you know, being a comedian, he's worked, uh, he's used to doing stand up, used to working live in the moment, you know, and, and you kind of, and, and that's the approach you guys did when you did the Bob Newhart show. Yeah, but he was, uh, 
tough to work with. The nicest man ever in my life. But it was, a, if it was me, see, that's why I love working with Larry. Larry was, you know, he had a drinking problem. He had you know, all kinds of problems. But the scripts were not that nifty, and uh, he would just make them all up. And yeah. the, the, we, the directors couldn't do that today. They would see it and say, okay, while they're lighting it, we'd go over it 20, 30 times, and we knew it. You know, I mean, it was incredible working with him. Yeah, Even though he, during his, in fact, they tried to fire him several times. And Barbara, boy, she was sharp. She said, no. Don't fire him, because they measured me for his outfits. Because he, I, I, I didn't know there were that many problems going on, because that's the first thing I ever did, and I loved it. I mean, I loved working with Larry and Bob. Was I mean, she was the queen. Never, never temperamental, but boy, Bob, man, out there. We just did a show for the. Uh, <clears throat> we did an hour for for promoting uh, the, the last two years of the show, uh-huh. and they know it. Everybody was dead. I mean, Marsha Wallace. Uh, but, I mean, it was just, there was no, I, I thought it was all alone. It was a very serious hour. Uh, but Bob was, he was quiet. And, uh, and, P- and Jack Riley was, he was there. And Peter Bonners, and that was it. Yeah, I, under, I understand that uh, you guys, you, you guys were a very, very close cast. You guys were close friends on and off the set. No. No, that's not right at all. Okay. Uh, Bob and I have known him for years. We're close friends, but not close friends. I mean, we were, he was great to work. We were in, started the Chicago together, and we, we looked. And once it, somebody said, I'm the only guy that make him laugh. And I really liked that guy. And during, during Larry's part, he was a nightmare. His problems were just, but I didn't know that. Now, but I never hung around with anybody, you know, Larry or Barbara or, uh, you know that, but and then you know Bob. I saw him every once in a while, but that wasn't my guy. I, I, that's why I came to New Mexico yeah. about thirty-five years ago. I'm not into you know being with the, the stuff. But Bob, Bob is really a good friend. He's the only one. But I don't hang around with him. No, no, no. You don't hang. You don't hang around with him now. But you. Uh, but no, I didn't hang around with him at okay. any time. All right. Okay. But uh, but you knew him long before you did the Bob Newhart show. You knew him back uh, when you both were in Chicago, right? Oh yeah, and we were friends. But I mean, we didn't hang around together. Yeah. I thought he was a genius. Let me. I thought the greatest. I tell everybody this story. Short, but the greatest thing of all. I said, here's how I knew he was a genius. We're like 16 years old, and it was some horrible uh, costume party. Nobody kid, somebody had a Hawaiian shirt, somebody had a cowboy hat, he walks in the door dressed as Leonardo da Vinci, and under his arm he has a picture of the Mona Lisa, and half of it was by the numbers, <laughs> and I said, man, I gotta know this guy, no, but we were just, we were just friends, and I, you know, I was closer than anybody uh, during the show, yeah. but we didn't hang out together, okay. and, you know, right, well, and Jack Riley, uh, I knew him from Cleveland, I discovered Jack Riley played Colin in Cleveland, he is the funniest guy ever. He's smart and funny. Man, what a funny guy. Every funny line I ever or funny joke I ever heard is from him. He is just the brightest guy, he was a wonderful human. I like the whole cast on Newhart. And what's so great about that is when you're rehearsing we would sit down while they were rewriting. He would sit at the table, and everybody, and we said this, just in Marshall, and everybody was funny, but everybody had their own funny. Exactly. I mean, nobody stepped on anybody. It was your day. I mean, I mean, it was incredible. Everyone equally was funny, but no one tried to, to top anybody. No. Because it was a different kind of humor. Yeah, I mean, you guys... 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You guys were like a true ensemble. You all supported each other. Yeah, it was great. It was great. But Bob didn't want to make, uh, and he never knew this. If he knew it, he probably wouldn't tell anybody. I'm dyslectic. And I had to memorize everything. Uh, but, but the thing about it was so easy for me, which with my daughter, is the scripts were so great, mm-hmm. I knew them right away. In fact, when we're together, the, the four of us, five of us, doing the uh, talking about the show, every line that they talked about was my line. Yeah. Every joke is my <laughs> joke. I mean, they just wrote, and after that, everything went down the hill. I did a series, four or five, so that writing was just beyond wonderful, no heart. Well, those guys wrote Cheers, I mean, they wrote Fraser, they wrote, uh, uh, I mean, that, I mean, th- those guys were the best. They certainly we were. knew it. And Bob knew it. Yeah. But that was, that was, but you just sit around and it was a classy place to work. I mean, and boy, I, I just loved every moment of it. I think I'm the only one, and we all went out to dinner after every show. Mm-hmm. And it was the one that went to a place, uh, I think, it was, I forget what it was, but Johnny Guinelli played piano, the Table of the Cock, I think that was the name of it. Mm-hmm. And we'd all tell stories, but I was the really only one that was happy. It was weird. I mean, you know, they all said, no, they wanted more than one. And I just said, boy, this is a great ride, man. This is great script, great people, and I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, of course, I've always been happy. That's kind of silly. Yeah. Well, a little embarrassing at times. No, no, no. I was, like you said before, you're born funny, and you've all, one of the reasons why, you know, you, you're, you're in great shape is, is, is because you know how to laugh, and you make people laugh every day, and that keeps you young. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I can't believe my my age. I'm older than all of them. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe that. I'm eighty six. Yes, you're eight. You're, you're eighty six years young, and you, we're we're glad you're spending some time with us uh, talking about the Bob Newhart Show. Bill Daly played Bo, uh, uh, Howard Gordon for all six seasons of the Bob Newhart Show, which are now available as a box set through Shout Factory. And Bill uh, participated in one of the extra features along with uh, Jack Riley and Bob Newhart and Peter Bonners, and that's also part of the extra features on the Bob Newhart Show box set through Shout Factory. Let me ask you this, Bill. I read that uh, you you more or less didn't have to audition for Howard. Lorenzo Lorenzo Music thought... I can't read. I, I couldn't audition for anything. Okay. I'm dyslectic. If I couldn't get up and read, are you kidding? I was the first guy on Second City, mm-hmm. and Pop, no, I got everything. I, got, I did Bewitched, and they saw me, Sidney Sheldon hired me. I didn't have to read for anything. Then when I went to the Bob Norris show, I went over, uh, and I, I didn't have to read for anything. I couldn't, because I'm quick. I'm, that, that's an easy one. Yeah. In fact, I can tell you, the story is just kind of a wonderful story. When Bob was doing it is the uh, 50th anniversary, they, the, the, the two only two people that were out of town the list in the hotel when we did the show was uh, Tommy Smothers, and uh, there were three of us. And we got together and went down there, and they were, they were both dyslectic. Mm-hmm. We had the best time, I'm telling you, talking about you're the dumbest kid in the last row, and the, because no one knew what the dyslexia was. Yeah, well, 
Oh, Henry Winkler. It was Henry Winkler. Yes, right. Henry. Three of us said, and we all agreed, because we're not that ambitious, not that bright, that if we hadn't been dyslexic, we wouldn't have made it. Yeah. And my doctor said that, because you take on the window, when they're laughing at you, the whole crowd, you better you better be funny. Mm -hmm. And and I was kind of lazy, so when you couldn't do you, you came up with other ways, and you, you became funny. So we all said we probably wouldn't have made it. Isn't that interesting? It is boring, very, but interesting. It is interesting because back then, you know, people didn't understand. Doctors didn't understand what dyslexia really. No, was. I didn't know. You're just dumb. That's right. But that you put you in another level. Because, well, you have to be funny first. You know, have to be quick first. But it puts you in a level where you you, you just become. I mean, you just use all, everything you got that's funny, and you become. But um, is incredible. But most guys will tell you that that I'm very lazy. I probably would have never made it. But everything I've ever done, I had a made up and have somebody write. I wrote a play. I was Steve Allen's writer. Mm -hmm. I write, but I, I, I dictated to, to a gal somebody and they'd read it back to me. And uh, I never thought of it being as a handicap, really. No. But I, I turned down uh, thousands. I mean, just over commercials, uh, plays. Uh, we had to read movies. Uh, I was up for movies. And they had to read everything. Yeah. I, I did have to read this. Or can we kind of wing something? They said, what do you mean? you got to read it. That was over. Well, it was over. Well, let me ask, when I was with those two guys, <laughs> that was the best time of my life. Yeah. Talking about how, what we had to do when you couldn't read. <laughs> well, well, let me let me ask you this, Bill. You talked a little bit about the you know uh, the atmosphere when you made the show. Everyone was very supportive of each other. Everyone gave each other a lot of room. One of my favorite scenes of the entire show. It was one of the last ones you guys made. It's the one where Bob and Emily are held up in their apartment, and you walk in, and you immediately walk to the wall, and you say, "Somebody help me keep this wall up." Yeah, that was Bob's favorite. When he went to the Daily, says Nickman, this sounds like my name, uh, he came back and his wife was the other great fansman. He said that's the funniest, and that's the only thing he uses is in his, in his act. That wasn't the last show, that was a couple of years before the last show though. But that, that's Bob's favorite scene ever. I mean, holding up the wall is, in, in his act, that's the only piece of film he uses. Well, that's coming in. And that's, that scene almost seems improvised. It almost seemed like you ad-libbed that. No, the lines are there, but all the, but, but with, I'm the one that did all that thing with the wall of stuff falling and everything. I'm the one that added all that stuff to it, you know, because I, I am funny, let's put it that way. But when, the, the scripts were just so wonderful. Yeah. That was so great. In fact, how I, I made it, you've got to, when you're writers, and I'm a good writer, you have to be, uh, in a series, you have to show them something funny so they can write for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, my opening first thing ever, ever I did, uh, the show was already sold, so everybody made 5,000. Marshall Wallace and I, I think we made 1,000. But this was the first one, so they read, and they, it was, they had, he was in this meeting, and I, I, was, I wasn't in the pilot, but this is my first show. Anyway, he sees telling the whole group of the, the psychiatrists, he's a psychiatrist, they, they're afraid of flying, and, and Bob, I mean, Bill is gonna, not Bill, uh, Major, God damn it, I mean, <laughs> Howard is gonna tell you, uh, about, you know, how, what the, what the problem is, whatever it was. And somebody came up and said, well, if I'm flying, and I'm standing next to Bob, this has got me to show, by the way. He said, if I'm flying, you know, when, the, when that thing comes down, that air thing, and they always say, you know, put it, put on just the, the children. What do you think of that? <laughs> I, I didn't say anything for an hour. 
Johnny, I looked at Bob. I said, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking to Bob. <laughs> <laughs> now, the writer saw that, and I was in. And then yeah. they could write that. That's my timing. And that's, Jack Benny, when I do a play, I wait that. I, every actor's get, like a Benny, I just wait to that last second. Bob Newhart is the best. Is the, is quiet, uh, but he's a genius. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I told him the other day, and when I talked to him, I said, "You know, you you're with your friends. We we're the ones that the other. I'm the one that spent all the time with him. But I never thought of you. You're just a guy. I never really mentioned you're a comic genius." And he almost started to cry. Yeah, because he just thinks I'm the funniest guy in the world. No, Bob's a genius. Bob Bob Newhart is a genius. So is Bill Daly. You worked with some. Uh, you know, you you, you mentioned that. Uh, you know, when when Sidney Sheldon discovered you for I Dream a Genie, that was one of your first acting roles. You you did a lot of work in television in Chicago behind the scenes, and you work with a lot of other creative people. You work, you mentioned Steve Allen. You also work with Dave Garraway, uh, and you work with Burr Tilstrom on on Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. Yeah, yeah, I I did I did I did everything in Chicago. I got, I don't know how I got that job. I don't know how I ever. Well, I, I was sharp and I was funny and I was just came out of the army. So, and I always look at it and have to read. But there's a, the, 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 they have the outtakes, uh, the funniest outtakes on game show uh-huh. in the world, and I am on it. Yep. And what it is, I get, can't tell us anybody today because it isn't what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, this when the show is you know, live, Jane Rayburn is a big fan of mine. We've been very close friends, mm-hmm. and they always have Richard Dawson ask him. Now there's there's five shows, and the one with all the money is the sixth. If there's a lot of money, it's an easy question. Mm-hmm. Something, something. And you're allowed to copy everybody. And I'm, I mean, they wanted me to be on that show, but I don't want to be a game show guy. So the thing was, and this is very simple, they all wrote it right away, is Cuckoo Blank. Everybody knows Cuckoo Blank. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it. So, okay, Gene Rivers, and by the way, Gene Rivers fell down, we couldn't go out of this. He said, okay, what is it? Uh, Cuckoo Blank, she said, Cuckoo Fran and Ollie. <laughs> I mean, Bob fell down the floor, we couldn't go on, we stopped the tape, and we lost money for this girl, and they never picked me. Oh, man. But today, people don't know what that is, because the fan and Ollie, they don't know what the show is. I mean, that's that was 50, 60-some years ago. Yeah, well, and... But the, isn't that wonderful? It's cuckoo, cuckoo, fan and Ollie. That is, that, that is terrific. And, and, and <laughs> a friend of mine, he released... Um, Three seasons worth of, of the Chicago episodes of Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. And they still hold up today. Is it still, do they still have it? It should be. It is. It's good, clean humor. Yeah. And Bert Tilstrom, uh, everybody thought I was Bert Tilstrom. I looked like a lot of them. So when I was doing the show, they thought I was him right away. Now that show was, that, that Chicago is just wonderful city, great place to work, great shows, and I, that's how I got started, and I think it was Club 60 that we did, uh, when I was the floor manager, I started writing some things, and I started doing them, and that's how it all happened, yeah. and then when, uh, uh, what the heck he did, Woody Fraser, uh, because they had a fire, because there, there was no shows anymore, he started the Mike Douglas show, mm-hmm. wanted me on that, mm-hmm. so I'd come in and write that once a week for with him, and that was just dynamite yeah that was the best show because people were different when they when 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 mike douglas went to california it didn't work and the pressure when you come out in your new york's pressure but when you come out in your cleveland you're relaxed yeah yeah cleveland what the hell is that 
so you get a different kind of one of those stars, a different kind of attitude. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, abs- abs- absolutely. And and I love the Mike. I mean, I wish we had shows like the Mike Douglas show today because it was. Oh, I know he was the nicest guy. Yeah. And that, that really made, that was, but they did come in and I wrote, oh, in fact, I, I talked to him the other day, he was, it was a radio show that he was going to do in Chicago, uh-huh. and I, I, they called me to do the show, I did a, a, an autograph show there, and the guy says, I'm going to pick up with a producer, Woody Fraser, at the uh, airport. Do I know Woody Fraser? Are you kidding? We've pals together, buddy who's my friend, he's a genius. And I said, and I said, well, I'll let you talk to him on a freeway. No, 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 I have so much to say. Have him call me when he has some time. And he called me. He remembered every piece of material that I wrote. Yeah. I mean, it was just hysterical. He wrote the things I did on that show. I mean, you know, with no money and, oh, God, and the stars were all has-beens. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know who was that last night. I was telling somebody. That, oh, I was telling my son. He's doing a, a show here. He said, uh, <laughs> I mean, Marie McDonald was kind of a has-been, mm-hmm. and she was on the show, and we rehearsed this uh, bit with her, you know, because yep. Mike was sharp and quick. And the next day, she wasn't showing up. Across the street, she was there. When there when she was out of bed, drunk, stoned out of her mind, had all these pictures of her when she was a star. So he goes, so we, we came over, we just leaned her up against the wall, and we did the whole scene, Mike and I. <laughs> she was sober in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And then when I met Pat O'Brien, I was talking to him. He threw up all over me five minutes before we went on. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, when you arrived for an hour and a half, yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, but, uh, well, yeah, I mean, Mike, I, that, I was at my best in that one. But when he went to, well, Denny, when he fired Woody Fraser, there wasn't any show. Because yeah. Woody Fraser was the show. Yeah. Woody Fraser read the books that they had read, cue cards for everything. No, and Woody had a way of, oh, he was just a genius. Yeah. Woody was. Wow, wow. But I, I did a lot of those shows. A lot of, in fact, that's how I got Steve Allen. Mm-hmm. I was doing a show when Steve Allen saw me, and that's how I got the, took my family, everybody, went out to Hollywood, became his writer. Man, he didn't know I couldn't read them. But see, I, I could, I just dictate to someone. Yeah. And they'd read it back to me, and then they'd type it up, and that would be it. Well, that's, you know, that's half the battle. If you get, if, if you get someone, you know, that you could work with, like, you know, a good, a good secretary, a good transcriber, you know, that's all you need. Yeah, but the, but the early days, you didn't know what it was at all. That's true. But, yeah, but yeah. I knew I couldn't take it. I, I could, and reading out loud is just, oh, that's mm-hmm. over. And numbers and telephone, even today, I'll buy five times if I can get the number, nines and fours. I don't do, but I, I, I've got the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'm not, I'm not religious, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm telling you what, I was born, uh, happy is mm-hmm. one of the greatest things ever. You, and, I mean, I look at all the people in Hollywood, and I have always been, uh, incredibly happy. Yeah. And nobody on the show, no one I know in Hollywood is happy. Yeah, well, you, Don Rickles, no, Don Rickles is happy. Don, Don Rickles is happy, and 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 not only are you happy, Bill, you are appreciative of the fact that you work with some really talented, creative people throughout your career. You know, oh, it's been my life has been. Well, even back in Scrabble, I didn't let that bother me, that not being able to read. Somehow I just, I was funny, and I always looked, and I was always sharp. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I forgot to tell you, I'm sorry, I'm missing this little thing, that I could read music. Bill not only read music, he was also an accomplished 
bass player. We will talk about that and a whole lot more when we continue our conversation with Bill Daly here on TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, along with our friend Donna Allen Figueroa, who I understand has a new book out. Yes, it's entitled Fall Again Beginnings. It's the first part of a four-part contemporary romantic series uh, set against the background of working actors. Something that you know a a thing or two about. Well, you write what you know, and I have been working in the business for several years. It is not necessarily autobiographical, but it's based on... Sure, many of the experiences that the actors in my book have, many have happened to me, many have happened to friends of mine. It's not, if you're looking for... Valley of the Dolls, it's not, it's grounded in reality. It is grounded in reality, and it's the first in a series. Yes. Called the Fall Again series. Fall Again. Which is available as a paperback as well as an ebook and in Kindle. At fallagainseries.com. We've got a few minutes, enough time to tell you that the holidays are upon us, and there is nothing more joyful and heartwarming than the familiar songs of the Yuletide season, many of which you will hear on a classic. Christmas, a classic Christmas, a brand new special hosted by Gavin McLeod and Marion Ross that premieres Saturday, November 16th on most PBS stations with replays throughout November and well into December. The latest edition of the popular My Music series, A Classic Christmas, features rare archival footage of top music stars from the 50s through the 1970s, all performing traditional carols such as Silent Night, popular standards such as White Christmas, Children's tunes, such as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, plus the Christmas song, Winter Wonderland, and other romantic selections. Among the great artists you will see in A Classic Christmas are Bing Crosby, Perry Como, Judy Garland, Nat King Cole, The Carpenters, Andy Williams, Rosemary Clooney, Johnny Mathis, Gene Autry, The Drifters, and, in an all-new performance, Ronnie Spector. A Classic Christmas, hosted by Gavin McLeod. Marion Ross, A Classic Christmas, premieres Saturday, November 16th on most PBS stations. It will also be replayed throughout November and well into December. Check your local PBS listings for time and channels. Hi, this is Titus Welliver. You're listening to TV Confidential. Attention sports fans. Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All-American Dish right now. 800-296-1251-800-296-1251-800-296-1251 That's 800-296-1251 Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit 
the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.